So you need game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Wrapping up uh, the day here, 5 o'clock, 62 degrees. These lovely conditions are going away. We're going to get some winter in. It'll be as cold as the Pirate three-point shooting last night. Welcome in, everybody. Patrick Johnson with you here. Uh, Mike Steele was going to join us, but uh, Coach uh, ran into some uh, trouble, so we're going to get him on the phone a little bit later on. Brian Mull also will join us uh, a little bit uh, later on to talk some uh, college uh, basketball as well. So a college basketball heavy day uh, with uh, our uh, myriad of guests. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to them in uh, just a little bit. Great to have you with us uh, here. Some uh, headlines before we get into the pirate basketball uh, side of things. Uh, looks like uh, that uh, there's some moving and shaking going on in the world of college football. Uh, Garrett Riley, the brother of uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, we all know Garrett, right? Garrett uh, headed to SMU to be the uh, play caller there. So good for him. That's uh, a nice uh, deal. And uh, a guy we're familiar with uh, we'll be seeing uh, in uh, in the fall uh, when the uh, Pirates and Ponies play in the future. Uh, we also have, uh, I guess, the LSU staff continues to get Rated, as, as usually is the case whenever you win a national championship, uh, other places come a-calling, and it looks like uh, LSU's defensive coordinator is going to be the next Baylor coach. Uh, the Fuente, Fuente thing, Fuente, Fuente, Fuente. Uh, Virginia Tech, the old Memphis coach, that kind of uh, was a thing maybe a day or two ago, and then all of a sudden it's not a thing anymore. Uh, big report out of uh, Charlotte, a couple of them. One is uh, that uh, they've made official Brady, uh, the uh, guy that was the – passing game coordinator for LSU, and and the reason the LSU offense was really revamped to the level it was, uh, he's uh, been officially named the offensive coordinator. That had been reported. And then Ian Rappaport, uh, pro football talk, is that right, uh, intern CJ? Yeah. NFL.com, okay. NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reporting. This kind of broke late last night that the Panthers are planning to trade Cam Newton in March. So this all makes sense. Uh, I saw some today, some of the uh, sort of uh, dime store analysts uh, on social media uh, laying out their philosophy. It does make sense that Matt Rule got the term uh, as far as uh, length of contract that he got, if this is going to be the case, because you obviously can get some pieces. There's probably four teams out there that could use uh, Cam. The Bears do come to mind. Uh, I would think Pittsburgh might be a possibility, although I think they'd be a little more savvy to deal with. Uh, with their front office. A couple others do also come to mind. There's, a, there's sort of a what remains to be seen in some certain places. But I think most notably the uh, Bears and uh, and uh, Pittsburgh might be possibilities uh, where Cam Newton can wind up. We'll see, though. 
Uh, but the idea there is you would get draft picks, maybe some players, but mainly draft picks. Anyway, there, there was some speculation today that since the organization was going to go in this direction of a rebuild, which it, the Ian Rappaport report is correct, certainly the Panthers are going in some form of a, a rebuild. Uh, that would mean that uh, Luke Keekley's retirement maybe makes a little bit of sense. Keekley didn't want to stick around for a rebuild. Maybe they went to Keekley and said, hey, we're going to trade you or release you. He said, no, I'm, I want to play here or nowhere, and, and there you go. So we'll see. Uh, it'll all be played out. Jim Zoki is scheduled to join us tomorrow on the Friday edition of uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. We're going to get to our uh, cuts from last night's uh, ECU game and some thoughts of uh, Mike Steele coming up in a little bit. I'll say this. Uh, I-, I thought defensively at times ECU did some really good things last night. I was real impressed with Charles Coleman defensively. Uh, he's he's a guy that blocked or altered shots in there. He rebounded. But last night was the case, in my opinion, of a young team playing like a young team against a veteran team. That's a veteran, good, battle-tested, hard-nosed Tulsa team. Great defensively, and they're going to wind up, I would believe, in the top four or five in the American easily. Uh, and ECU just are not there with their – they had the shots. It wasn't the case if they didn't have the shots. They had them. They just weren't knocking them down. And when the perimeter shots weren't falling, and boy, they weren't, you know, what do you do then? you got to get into the lane somehow. Well, every time that Jaden Gardner touched the basketball, he was surrounded. He had no room to operate last night. Uh, so you need a point guard that maybe can get penetration against that tough matchup zone. Easier said than done, even with a great point guard. A seasoned or veteran point guard. Easier said than done. Uh, the crowd was fantastic. I thought the atmosphere in the building, uh, I sat for part of the game, beside uh, our good friend Bethany Bradshaw from Bonesville, and her and I were talking about how it was sort of like the old days, uh, where in, by old days, kind of the Bill Herrian era 15 years ago, where big opponents came in, big crowds would gather, and the building was loud, and you you had to really – I can't hear anyway, so I, a lot of stuff Bethany was saying to me I, I couldn't hear, so I was just sort of nodding my head. you know. But, I mean, that sometimes it's, it's very – as, as uh, Ben Byram, who was also uh, up there near us, where we were sitting early on, uh, said, you know, usually it's kind of, it can get a little quiet in there sometimes, and uh, you can hear easily. You almost want to kind of hush your voice if you're talking to a, a colleague on press row. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there and then watched from some of the seats later on, sat with some folks, and it was uh, it was a good, uh, loud environment, and everybody was into the game uh, last night. And a great crowd, biggest crowd of the year, over 5,300. And uh, if that continues... I think uh, you'll see this team continue to have success, especially uh, at home. Uh, their next home game is Tulane. That is a winnable game, in my opinion, although Tulane is playing really well right now. Tulane and Tulsa actually play next. Uh, Tulsa stayed here in town last night and then went ahead and went on down to Tulane today uh, instead of returning back to Oklahoma, which makes sense. Uh, and then uh, the Pirates back in action against Cincinnati this Sunday. Uh, will be going head-to-head with the NFL game. Hello to the award-winning Thomas Waybrecht, who's uh, walked into our studio. Why is he in our studio? Doesn't he have a show to produce down the hall? No? Okay. Uh, Derek Alcorn, as in Alberta, is uh, producing today's show, by the way. Intern CJ is uh, here. Uh, Pirates have Cincinnati and then a trip to SMU next Wednesday, which I think is going to be really tough. 
that's that's that can be interesting. Tulane and then Houston to wrap up the week, and then Temple, who everybody had said wasn't going to make it. Temple, everybody, you know, saying ah, Temple, they're they're trying to figure it out under a new head coach. Well, they beat Wichita State last night. Tough conference, the American, and it just goes to show there's really no true uh, dominant uh, team in any league. Uh, save maybe, uh, save maybe uh, the. Uh... Oh, we just got some breaking news! Oh my gosh. Well, breaking news! We just got it in here. This was just sent in to us uh, literally two minutes ago. Uh, ECU defensive coordinator Bob Trott's contract has not been renewed. Uh, Mike Houston announced Thursday that the contract of defensive coordinator and safeties coach Bob Trott will not be renewed. This is a uh, press release that just came in on breaking news. Bob Trott is a good football coach and a great person, Houston said. I've known him for 15 years and worked with him the last four seasons. I would like to thank him for his leadership and commitment, and I wish he and his family the best. This is a difficult, or this was a difficult decision. The release continues quoting Houston, but one I feel is the best interest of our football program moving forward. Uh, Trot was named to the Pirate staff December 7th after spending three seasons in a similar role at James Madison under Houston. His lone campaign with the Pirates uh, marked his 33rd overall year as a collegiate assistant coach, 24th at the FBS level, 21st as a defensive coordinator. Trot, uh, and I like Bob quite a bit, Bob Trot served nine seasons as the defensive assistant uh, in the NFL for the uh, Giants, Patriots, and Browns. Uh, Bob Trot, his contract not renewed, uh, and he will not return to ECU as the defensive coordinator. That just coming across as uh, breaking news. That's a little stunning. Uh, there. More on this story as it continues to develop. Uh, let's uh, get to today's uh, Pirate Report as far as the basketball sound, then we'll catch up with Mike Steele and uh, Brian Moles set to join us. We may uh, adjust that guest list as we uh, go on here, uh, but let's uh, go to uh, our Pirate Report right now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94-3, the game. Pirates uh, lose. It was a 30-30 game at halftime, and ECU winds up uh, losing, only managing 19 points in the second half in their loss to Tulsa. Uh, The uh, Pirates struggled mightily offensively. This is uh, Jaden Gardner. Who uh, Jalen Gardner, who talked about uh, the offense just not getting anything done, never getting out of neutral in the second half against the Golden Hurricane. Uh, it was very frustrating. Um, couldn't throw a rock in the ocean tonight. Um, didn't think any, anything was going in. We had key moments and stretches uh, during the run where we had wide open threes and couldn't couldn't convert. And transition offense was off tonight. It's just a really off night on both sides of the ball. Uh, and uh, Jaden Gardner talked about uh, the problems offensively for the Pirates in uh, greater detail. Just got to do better with it. Um, I guess uh, run some better plays against the matchup and switching and stuff like that. We struggled with switching during the year. Can't remember who ran. I think uh, Coppin State did a lot of switching, and it messes up. And we haven't seen a lot of switching um, lately. We've seen it just we just been playing against man to man or a simple two three. They ran a three two. We're switching man. A lot of different things, and they were very successful tonight. Uh, and uh, the Pirates, uh, two for 26 from behind the arc. That made it really tough for Gardner to operate inside. He talked about the Pirates' lack of three-point shooting. 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's both sides of the ball. You live by the three, you die by the three. You know, we were hot against SBU with the three ball, and then today we couldn't hit any. So it's just the way basketball rolls, but you can't um, can't let that decide the game. And uh, let's hear from Joe Dooley now. He uh, These were his immediate comments following the loss. I think uh, you give, obviously tell us a lot of credit for the way they played defensively. I uh, thought they did a nice job of, of controlling the tempo. Uh, you know, 30 to 30, I didn't think we played particularly well in the first half. A lot of it attributed to them, and I didn't think we had a lot of pop. In the second half, we're down six with nine and a half minutes left and just had a number of things that uh, some of them were self-inflicted. Some of them, Rochelle and, and Ugbo and Igbanu uh, inflicted, and we just sort of never recovered. We're back on our heels. Uh, do, uh, Joe talked about the uh, missed three-point shots against the Golden Hurricane. I mean, I thought we had some open looks, and I, I said of the 24 misses, 15 of them had no chance of going in. I mean, it, I mean, it, it was it was like we were running in mud the second half, and we started thinking, and we turned down open threes in the first half. I thought that we were open and, and drove them, and then all of a sudden it was almost like an avalanche. And uh, we, I mean, we had a bunch of them that weren't even close. Uh, the uh, Pirates talked about, or Joe Dooley talked about uh, what Tulsa did defensively that was uh, different from uh, what they had seen and uh, what maybe they had scouted for. I'm playing a 3-2 zone and then no match when the ball goes to the high post, which we talked about. And, I mean, we there was a number of things we talked about in yesterday and Monday and even today in huddles that we you know, we screened the wrong guy a number of times. We, I mean, it was we just had a little bit of a faraway look at times. And uh, Talked about the crowd reaction uh, and the crowd itself uh, cut five here during the uh, Tulsa game. We took the crowd. We took our own crowd out of the game with our play. I mean, we we you know we we really never got in a rhythm. And like I said, a lot of it's a tribute to their defense. And uh, you know, when you can't you don't make shots to get back in the game, or you're giving up you know some easy shots. We we didn't give our fans much to cheer about. And uh, this is uh, how do you grow from the Tulsa loss? Uh, cut seven. A couple things. I mean, I think, you know, we we gave. You know, we only had eight assists, so that obviously means the ball stuck, although they only had six. I thought that the when you look at the points in the paint, we didn't get downhill. I mean, they, they, they dominated points in the paint, and we didn't get very many easy ones. But, I, I, you know, I would have gotten hot, you know, even if the ball doesn't go in, I'd go home happy. It was 49-48 if we won. I mean, that's, uh, you know, some nights you just don't have it offensively, and some nights you do. Tonight we didn't have it, and, and but we let our defense bend a little bit. And uh, that is today's Pirate Report. Uh, again, the uh, big news uh, today out of uh, just moments ago, Bob Trott's uh, uh, contract as a defensive coordinator of the Pirate football program uh, not renewed. And uh, there's a little bit more coming in on this uh, now. Uh, let's see if they have named any sort of uh, interim. That's really the same release that we uh, just had. So uh, we'll continue to... Uh, Follow this. Uh, might try to uh, link up uh, here with uh, some of our uh, analysts uh, in just a bit. Uh, we'll take a break and uh, come back with uh, more here on the Patrick Johnson Show.
You can now listen to 94.3 The Game anywhere, anytime. That's a bold statement. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Simply ask Alexa or Google to stream WRHD and connect with us at home, work, or anywhere. We're on TuneIn Radio at 94.3 The Game. So take us anywhere you go. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, just minutes ago, Bob Trott announced that he will no longer be the defensive or the program announced Bob Trott will no longer be the defensive coordinator of uh, the ECU football program. We have on the phone uh, with us uh, Eric Graham. We're going to get uh, Terrence Copper in just a moment as well to get their reaction, our analysts during the Pirate football season. Uh, Biggie, I know you're getting ready for uh, a game this weekend yourself, so you've got a lot of logistical things going on. Uh, but uh, thank you for hopping on for a few minutes for some sort of instant reaction to uh, this uh, decision uh, by uh, Mike Houston not to uh, retain defensive coordinator Bob Trott. You know, my, my thoughts initially go straight to the fact that he has a personality that sometimes seems like he's stuck in his ways, and I wonder if that's what caused the problem, where they might have wanted to try something different and he didn't want to and they didn't see eye to eye. So I, I, I question if that's the reason. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, right now is speculative. I know the defense uh, had some personnel issues this year. It didn't seem like that they were so much concerned with what was being run as much as they were concerned about what is uh, or what was and is uh, was kind of a lack of personnel. They weren't very deep up front uh, and had to play guys a lot of snaps. Uh, there's times the defense looked pretty good, uh, but as the year went on, it didn't look as good. And uh, they, boy, they did give up a lot of points late in the season uh, in some of those games that they uh, lost. So uh, it, it's all sort of speculative at this point. We might learn more about it uh, coming up, but I, I'm just sort of interested to to figure out, uh, you know, what exactly may have uh, have happened here. But I think you might be on to, to something there. You know, as you watch the defense this year, uh, were there times you thought maybe schematically they could have done something else? You know, I, I honestly think that we just don't have the players right now. So that's the reason why we struggled uh, up front and in the back end and the secondary. We just didn't have what we needed yet, and the experience wasn't there. So if we're going to go off of how they performed, he actually had the defense playing better than what we've seen recently, unfortunately. But uh, I don't think he got a fair shot if we're going to base it off this this one year. But like I said, I, I really believe that his personality, and I feel like he has a strong will personality that he probably didn't want to change some of his schemes. And this is all me guessing, too, by the way. So yeah. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying this is facts. But uh, it's uh, definitely something to see. I don't think Coach Hughes is the type of coach that's going to really give us much detail when he's asked questions either. No, I, I don't think he is. And I think when you get to this point in a, a season, uh, it is interesting uh, because uh, this, this whatever has happened may have been something that is uh, developed here in uh, the last uh, little bit. Uh Eric uh, Graham with us uh, here, uh, the announcement of uh, uh, the uh, uh, essential uh, not renewing the contract of uh, Bob Trott and the information there is probably uh, pretty interesting uh, to the wording of that. Hey, uh, Biggie, thank you very much. Uh, good luck this weekend to your Carolina Rebels, uh, NC Rebels, as thank they play you. down in thank Florida. You. And we'll, we'll get you in the studio here soon uh, before the Super Bowl and all that. All right, good deal. You have a good one. All right, let's go to uh, Terrence Copper, uh, who is on uh, the phone. We're going to have Terrence uh, with us here in just a second, uh, get his reaction uh, to this. Uh, Mike Steele is set to join us. So, guys, we probably need to let Mike Steele know uh, we're going to talk to him later on in the show. Uh, and let's get Terrence Copper on right now, guys.
Uh, Terrence Copper is uh, okay. I, I, again, we'll get ter- we'll get Mike Steele on later in the show. Uh, let's get Terrence Copper uh, on right now. Do we have Terrence on the phone? All right. Uh, apparently, we had Terrence, but we lost him, so we'll give uh, Terrence a call back. And uh, the big news here, uh, and the reason we're we're in a little bit of scramble mode. Uh, is because uh, the news that broke right after we came on the air here of uh, Bob Trott, uh, no longer the defensive coordinator at uh, ECU. Uh, do we need to break, guys, or do we have uh, Terrence on the phone? All right, Terrence Copper uh, joining us. Eric Graham a moment ago. Terrence Copper with us now. Uh, T-Cop, uh, good to talk to you again, and I uh, wanted to get uh, just your reaction to Bob Trott uh, out as defensive coordinator uh, for the Pirates. T-Cop? Hello, I'm here. Okay, yeah, we got you. Uh, Terrence, your reaction to the news that just broke a few minutes ago? Uh, man, it, it's sad news because you hate for anybody to to be fired from a job. They still have a family they have to take care of uh, when it comes to just the personal part, the personal side of it. But when it comes to the business side of it, when it comes to the football side of it, you know, I was a big fan of how he ran his defense. You know, I talked about it on air a few times about how I love how he, he blitzed from the secondary uh, ran different blitz like that. I, I, I like type. I like that type of stuff. But when you look back at the games, I think early in the season the defense was playing well. But I think they start getting worse as the season went on. Even if you look at the the Cincinnati games, yeah. SMU games, you know we scored a lot of points. And I think sometimes you get caught up in man, we almost won that game against top twenty five teams, but we also gave up a lot of points. And I think that trend kind of continued throughout the year. But Terrence, how much of that was this wasn't a very deep defensive unit uh, personnel wise? It was lacking. There just wasn't a lot of quality depth. You could argue there was not even some quality frontline guys. You know how much of that was was some of that and, and some of the injuries that even happened on the defensive side. Uh, you know what? I think that I think it had something to do with it. But at the end of the day, you know, results are the results. Uh, you're never going to have a full deck. You're never going to go into a season, you know, everybody healthy. Uh, there's going to be times where your depth is going to be, is going to be lacking. But at the end of the day, you still have to produce. And I think a lot of it was, I think the coaching staff, uh, whoever was making those decisions, they went back and watched the film. Uh, just like the players go back and watch the film. They went back, and watched the film of the de- of how the defense was playing. So they have direct knowledge of exactly what was going on why we wasn't doing this, why we wasn't doing that. Uh, but it could have been multiple reasons why. Yeah. You know, you just never know. Timing of it is obviously uh, leads you to believe that uh, there there could be a little more here than meets the eye as, w- as well, the timing of, of the decision not to renew the contract. Yeah. and It, it could be of, uh, it could be age. You know, it could be the point to where, you know, you just don't know. Yeah. You just yeah. have no idea. And not saying that he's a, a old guy or calling him anything like that, but you just never know. You just never know what the real reason was. So you look back, uh, of course, UCF scored a lot of those points in the first half, but you allow 41 to them. Uh, but there's a big comeback in the second half, and everybody's feeling good about that because it actually was a close game at, at one point. Uh, mm-hmm. 45 points allowed to uh, USF at home uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the next uh, next game. You get mm-hmm. into, uh, you mentioned the Cincinnati game to start November. You allow 46 points in that game. Again, offense mm-hmm. produced, but you still allowed 46 points. 59 yeah. points allowed at SMU. Uh, that that was sort of reminiscent of the uh, 
of the uh, of the days of your and Ruffin McNeil's group, where you try to had to outscore people. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, I really think the listless performance against Tulsa. I, I didn't think that was a real great performance. It just didn't look like defensively they had a whole lot left in the tank at that point. And I, I was a little no. surprised the way Tulsa was able to move the ball and score points uh, in the final game of the year. Yeah, and you know what the crazy thing about that is, and we said it on air before, that Tulsa game, I mean, Tulsa was better than what a lot of people said they were, uh, what they thought they were. Like I said, they had the, the top three, what, third toughest schedule in the nation at one point. You know, so they played some quality teams. Uh, so when they came in, their record really didn't show how good they were. But going back to what you were just saying, we get, we gave up a lot of points this year. Uh, we gave up a ton of points. And i give you a prime example uh, not to go back to go back in the future. But remember when Coach Ruff was fired? When he was fired, we didn't we lost our starting quarterback. Remember that? Mm-hmm. We lost our starting quarterback. And when you lose your starting quarterback, that's gonna hurt a lot of chance you have of winning games. You know, but at the end of the day he still was fired. Well, and I think you can make the point, Terrence, that the offense did get better as the year went on. The offense the offense got better as the year went on. But for this season, that's what I was saying. It did, it really didn't matter if you know we lacked depth at certain positions or if we had injuries at certain positions. Mm-hmm. Coaches are especially when it comes to college and in the pros, you got to produce. You know, you you got to wins and losses is how they're graded. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, wins and losses. And defensively, giving up those that many points, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Uh, even you know, like I think it was kind of blinded a little bit because the offense was getting better. The offense was getting better, uh, completely turnarounds. But defensively, we was getting worse. And I think it kind of was slid under the rug to, our, to the naked eye because the offense was doing so much better than what the defense was doing. And so we wanted right. the offense to come around a little bit more. We was looking at that. Man, the offense is doing better. The offense is doing better. But we really wasn't paying attention to how many points we was giving up on the defense side of the ball. And But the coaching staff, whoever made this decision, trust me, they was t- keeping a close eye on those things. Uh, Terrence Copper, uh, former Pirate great and uh, NFL veteran. He'll be rooting for his Chiefs this weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll 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 have you in here in the next uh, couple weeks before the Super Bowl to talk about uh, this and uh, and the Super Bowl and all of that, T Cop. So uh, good to talk to you again. Appreciate you hopping on for a few minutes to give us uh, your uh, immediate reaction to this news that broke uh, literally uh, less than a half hour ago. So thank you, Terrence. Yes, sir. All right, there he goes, Terrence Copper. Thanks to him. Thanks to Eric Graham. Uh, we'll uh, either have Brian Mull or uh, Mike Steele uh, next. Depends on who answers the phone, I suppose. And uh, we'll take a timeout uh, after uh, an update uh, from uh, uh, Derek Alcorn in today. And, uh, again, the breaking news, uh, ECU not renewing the contract of uh, defensive coordinator Bob Trott. Derek, with more on that in just a minute as we continue on in the Patrick Johnson Show. You're listening to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I'm Derek Alcorn here with your 94.3 The Game sports update. ECU basketball fell to Tulsa last night, 65-49, officially ending their six-home game winning streak. The Pirates just couldn't seem to get anything going all night offensively, shooting 29% from the field and a measly 7% from three as a team. Jaden Gardner seemed to be the only bright spot as he led the way for the Pirates with 19 points and seven rebounds. Here's ECU head coach Joe Dooley with his thoughts on the loss. I think uh, 
obviously tell us a lot of credit for the way they played defensively. Uh, thought they did a nice job of, of controlling the tempo. Uh, you know, 30 to 30. I didn't think we played particularly well in the first half. A lot of it attributed to them, and I didn't think we had a lot of pop. In the second half, we're down six with nine and a half minutes left, and just had a number of things that uh, some of them were self-inflicted. Some of them, Rochelle and, and Ugbo and Igbanu uh, inflicted, and we just sort of never recovered. We're back on our heels. The Pirates' next matchup will be this Sunday on the road against the Cincinnati Bearcats. You can hear that matchup here on 94.3 The Game at 5.30 Sunday night. Cincinnati's in action tonight, and there are 4.5 underdogs as they take on the number 22 Memphis at 7 o'clock. Number 8 Oregon will be a 9.5 point favorite at Wichita State at 9, and the number 1 team in the country, Gonzaga, will open up at a 19.5 point favorite as they host Santa Clara at 11. In college football news, ECU defensive coordinator Bob Trott will not be back with the Pirates next year, according to a press release re, press release by the university about an hour ago. ECU football head coach Mike Houston released a statement stating that he wishes Trott the best for the future, but he believes the move is best for the program moving forward. Lincoln Riley's brother Garrett Riley has been hired by a fellow AAC member SMU to be their next offensive coordinator. Riley joins the Mustangs following stint as the running backs coach, Hope coach at Appalachian State. It was just announced that LSU's defensive coordinator Dave Arunda has accepted the head coaching position at Baylor following Matt Rule's departure to the Carolina Panthers. This will be Arunda's first head coaching position at the college level. And speaking of the Panthers, NFL's Ian Rappaport reported today that Cam Newton is expected to be traded in March once he's fully healthy. The 30-year-old quarterback is set to account for $21 million against the cap in 2020. It was made official today that Joe Brady will be the next offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Brady, who's been LSU's QB coach for this past season, has been credited as one of the biggest reasons that Heisman winner Joe Burrow has improved so much since the last season. This will be Brady's first coaching job as an offensive coordinator this year. And for your 94.3 The Game Out Sports Update, I'm Derek Alcorn. Pirate basketball plays here on 94.3 The Game. Your ECU flagship station. Catch all the action and don't miss a moment. Right here on the Pirate Learfield IMG Sports Network. Get your ECU basketball fix. Thanks to our IBX Media Pirate Partners. Transportation Impact, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Carib It's awesome, baby. And your ECU flagship station, 94.3 The Game. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Back in at 5.36, the big breaking news. Uh, literally a half hour ago, this uh, was announced. Uh, ECU not renewing the contract of defensive coordinator Bob Trott. Uh, we are continuing to follow this, and uh, we'll have uh, more on it uh, throughout uh, this show and also the evening and uh, even tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show and uh, on our uh, social media uh, accounts for 94.3 The Game. We, uh, we're going to talk some pirate basketball. Uh, Mike Steele uh, was going to be with us uh, earlier. We've uh, pushed the coach back to right now. He joins us uh, now. Uh, coach, you know, basketball, we had a, a lot of basketball fever, big crowd last night. We're going to get into that. Uh, but uh, you've been around these parts a while. You know, football's a, a big, big deal. And kind of some shocking news with uh, Bob Trott uh, not uh, having his contract uh, renewed. Uh, any any thoughts or reaction to that, uh, given he was only here a year? Uh, not really, Patrick. I mean, it's a tough uh, – coaching's a tough business, and – 
uh, <clears throat> you know, usually if uh, you look at all the staffs, I mean, when somebody, if, if, if teams are losing, uh, you know, somebody usually goes and it doesn't really make any difference how many years they've been there or uh, Northwestern's coach, they lost their offensive coordinator and he'd been in the guy's wedding and they'd had nine straight winning seasons and, uh, you know, so yeah. that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, that's the unfortunate uh, part, and uh, yep. we'll continue to keep, uh, as I said, an eye on uh, that. Uh, basketball last night, you know, some of the positives I thought, uh, Coach, were obviously the crowd. I, I, I really liked the way that uh, uh, Coleman defensively and rebounding the basketball played at times. I was real impressed uh, with, with the way he played at times last night. And they got shots. They just weren't knocking them down last night. No, it's the first game I've seen Coleman play that I thought that I had – like any positives, to be quite frank. Uh, no, he he has been, uh, you know, he's just a freshman, so you, you can't be, he came in with so much hype, I think I was just thinking that he was going to be better immediately, you know, was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And he he's just got a long ways to go. But, but I agree with you, last night was really, he, he blocked a couple shots, he got some rebounds, uh, you know, he has, he's got no offense. And that's something that they're. I'm sure that they'll, you know, they'll work on. Uh, if he works real hard, he's got a chance. Uh, but he truly has zero uh, offense. Yeah, and that that was a tough game to try to develop an offensive game for a big guy last night. Because I mean, Tulsa is so veteran. Uh, Tulsa uh, so big inside. I mean, athletic six eight six nine guys. Uh, and that matchup zone, because they're so long, was just a nightmare last night. And again, I, you know, I, I think at times they got the looks, but if you're not knocking that down, and they were so quick to get on uh, Jaden Gardner as soon as he got the basketball. Oh, no, I mean, you know, like, I think what teams are going to have to do are doing, at least they did, they're, we, we got all kind of open shots because they were double and triple teaming Jaden, like, every time. And as soon as the ball went went in, he made great passes, and then usually it was a pass, and then someone else made a good pass. I thought our, our, you know, I thought the guys handled the ball. They were everybody was unselfish, and and I didn't think we shot hardly any bad shots. We just didn't make any. I mean, it was, you know, <clears throat> you think that, and and we had just come off a, a game where we made like last night. If we make thirty percent of our wide open threes. You know, it's a game we, you know, we win, and that's against a good team. So, I can't. You know, we've improved so much. It's it's unfortunate that that we're, the way we're playing now. If we could, if we could have some of those preseason games over, yeah, uh, you know, our record would be would be so much better, and with a chance to, you know, do something even after, you know, after the season, because you know, if you win enough games in this league, but. But we certainly have improved leaps and bounds uh, in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Mike Steele uh, with us uh, here. Great to have Coach on. Uh, ECU at Cincinnati is the next basketball game uh, on the uh, docket. A, a, a trip there to play on a Sunday evening. Uh, Cincinnati has uh, been like a lot of teams in the American uh, this year. I, I mean, they've uh, played well, but they're susceptible for a uh, loss. Uh, but that's going to be a tough one on uh, Sunday. And the first uh, first appearance uh, I think the Pirates have had in the kind of refurbished, revamped uh, fifth-third bank. What, they spent like $80 million? 
60. 60. Well, I was called, is, you know, what's what's 20 million more, right? But and it's I, spectacular. Yeah. You've been there, haven't you? you yeah, it's yeah. as nice as anywhere in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 every it, it's just like Louisville's except newer. And that's, you know, saying a lot. And yeah. you know, Cincinnati got two guys, they signed two kids that got down between Cincinnati and Ohio State, and both of them commented that the Cincinnati had better a better place to play. Yeah. Wow. That's something. Yeah. yeah, that says a lot. Uh, Pirates going in there, that's going to be tough. Uh, and uh, then a trip to SMU. You come back with Tulane and uh, in Houston to wrap up the month uh, here. And, and I, the thing I would like to, and I hope people will see, despite uh, or, or regardless of how the next two games go, uh, you need as, as good a crowd as you had last night and as into it a crowd as you had last night when Tulane comes. Because that's a, that's a game that, even though Tulane has played pretty well and, and turned some heads this year, that's a game you feel like the Pirates play really, really well. They're going to have a shot in. Uh, Houston's going to be tough. But, oh, yeah, Houston's tough. But, you know, like it, every game, I mean, not just in our conference, but you look at any of the conferences, the ACC, the Big Ten, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a, uh, a year of basketball where there's, you know, there's, the parity is incredible. And – you know, I went to the Purdue-Michigan uh, State game Sunday, and Purdue beat Michigan State uh, 30 points. Yeah, smoked them. And Illinois beat Purdue 30 points the week before, and Purdue beat Virginia 30 points. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's just, it, it, you know, who would have thought that we would beat a team, Evansville, that beat Kentucky at Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, just, you yeah. can't even you can't even fathom that. Well, what's interesting this year about college basketball is, I think, with the exception of maybe San Diego State, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, a lot of basketball to be played for them over the next six or seven weeks, and probably Gonzaga. You're not going to have uh, any teams from any big basketball conferences. I mean, five, six, seven losses, maybe even more. I mean, you might have a, a top three seed with ten losses. No, you could, and you know, like this year, the Big Ten. You know, you're looking at teams like Iowa and Rutgers and and Penn State, and uh, that are right now ahead of the Michigans and Michigan States and Indianas and Purdues, and so I, I it, it's going to be interesting. And who would have thought that 16 games into the season, uh, Carolina would be 500? You know, it was interesting um, going into last night, the Pirates eight and eight was cause for the town to be really into it, really excited. The UNC 8-8, eight and eight, the sky was falling. You know, that's, that's the different perspectives of, of, of how they go. And I, I really do hope, I mean, I thought the crowd was sensational last night. I hope that can continue uh, to be the case. There's really no reason it, it shouldn't be. I mean, this is a young team that's only going to get better. Yes. And you and you got to have, you know, that you don't, it's like Coach Dooley said, you know, we don't need forty or 50,000. We need five or 6,000. And that's very doable you know, to get that many in there. And that's, a, it's a loud building and an energized building when you have that many, in, in, you know, there in in the crowd. Um, you know, year, you know, years ago when I coached, I mean, when we played James Madison with lefty or we played uh, uh, Wilmington when blue was here, mm-hmm. Richmond, you know, if you got 5,000 people there, it's a great home court advantage. And then Bill Harrion, you know, when Billy was here, and we brought in Louisville and Cincinnati, and we beat Marquette, who went to the Final Four. I mean, the place was was rocking. It it could be 
one of the hardest places to play, uh, you know, in the country. Mm-hmm. Because you're right on top of people. And, I mean, if we could average 5,000 to 6,000 people, we, we could win some games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so far, obviously, Jaden Gardner's been great. Mike Steele joining us uh, here. Uh, Pirates last night losing on a bad shooting night to Tulsa at Cincinnati on Sunday. Uh, Jaden Gardner's been sensational. What what do you think makes you know him the player he's he's kind of emerging and becoming here? Oh, I don't think there's any question. It's just his heart. It, it, it's his it's his intensity. His heart. He. I think he's a smart player, but he plays so hard and. You know the the last game we won, he just refused to let us lose the game. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and he's unselfish. I mean, he's uh, uh, he's the kind of guy that probably some of the bigger schools didn't take because he was undersized. And when they look now, he uh, he could play a lot of places, and and he's going to be he's going to end up if he doesn't get hurt. You know, he'll end up the all time leading scorer and the all time leading rebounder. Uh, at East Carolina, and he he gives us a chance every game just because he's he's going to play so hard. and And I don't think I've ever seen a guy that can that can get fouled as much. He he, he jumps into guys, and he you know his he just attracts guys to fouling. And he's really a good free throw shooter. I mean, he's uh, he he's fun to watch. He he's so adept at that. When he had the charge called on him last night, it probably was a charge. I kind of thought, well, no, there's no way it is because it never is when he. No, I know, <laughs> and you know that's the kind of it, it drives it drives opposing coaches. I was watching, you because know, he jumps into you, he gets his arm hooked into your arm, and you know guys are going straight up and they got their hands up, but now he's got a reputation as being able to go, you know, as getting fouled a lot, and so. You know, he only he only had eight or nine shots up, but he but he shot fourteen free throws last night. Yeah. So, you know, and that's what has got to be so frustrating for uh, for Joe and those guys is that it'd be different if we were saying, well, they didn't go inside and they shot a bunch of bad shots, uh, they didn't play hard on defense, but they did everything except except make some some of those shots. I mean, you're right. You make a, a few more threes, and it, it makes a Big difference being able to get the ball inside makes a big difference for the space Gardner operates in last night. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned the big guy Coleman showed some signs last night. Seemed like he was playing a little more instinctively. Uh, the Tremont Robinson-White play that set up the game-winning three against SMU, that to me looked like the most natural basketball play he had made all year. Uh, you know, he, he obviously knew what the options were, but, I mean, he just he made a basket. He, he made a play. And no, it, he, it, you know, it, it, and he looked comfortable, really. You know, I thought uh, in in the waning seconds of that game. Oh, and you know, and, and people forget that you know he was hurt, and he also didn't play last year. He right. set out, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and again, he can he can make some great plays, and then he can make he can make some plays that you talk about unforced turnovers. He can go up the floor and just look and pass it, and there's nobody there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as a coach, you know, you, you you can see the potential in him, but he can't he can't have six or seven turnovers. I mean, you just can't you can't have that with a guy handling the ball. Yeah. And you know that's something I'm sure they're working on every day. I mean, nobody nobody coaches them any harder than Coach Dooley and his staff. And I mean, they're all experienced, and 
you know, we when when we weren't playing very good at all, you know, they were the ones that knew, hey, we you know, we got some talent. We just got to – I think one of the hardest things to do is teach perimeter guys, freshmen, how to play defense because most of them are coming from high schools where they either played zone or the coaches didn't want them to get in foul trouble, so they just didn't guard anybody. Yeah. And that was, you know, evident in some of the games we had earlier. But now our guys are they're digging in and they're and they're guarding, and and that's that's going to be good to see the rest of the year. All right, uh, a couple of things non basketball here. A little fun to end. Uh, we, we, somber note with the the Bob Trot news, but uh, you did spend you went to the the Skip Holtz Louisiana Tech bowl game, and that was great to see Coach Holtz six bowl wins in a row. I mean, that's that's one of the better streaks right now in the country. It's the uh, it's the longest streak. And was it Drew? Didn't they deputize him and make him part of the the, the game day staff? Did I? Oh, did they I always that? do. Okay. I mean, yeah. No matter where he goes, even if they don't even if they don't want to, Drew gets deputized. <laughs> oh, he uh, he led him onto the field just like he was a born and bred uh, Louisiana Tech guy. He was a Cajun. He was. He was like, yeah. He yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he. Uh, no, we had a blast. And I mean, Skip introduced him to the team the day before the game. And uh, you know, told a couple stories about him, and and uh, you know, so and and he's got a nice group of kids, just like Skip had when you know when he was here, and they they Drew worked the sideline, and those kids were right there, and then at the end, when they were getting the Gatorade to pour on him, Drew was right there in the mix of these three big guys, you know, wanting to you know get Coach Holt. So yeah, yeah, uh, it was uh, it, we had a great time, and I think they won. They won ten. They were ten and three this year, and you know I think it's the sixth or seventh straight winning season. So he's had a lot of success there. You're you had the hole in one in the spring, right? Yeah, I mean you know that's no big deal. Do they yeah. do they? Is it official when you hit it from the senior tees? That's my only question. Didn't hit it from the senior tees. Thank you for asking. But uh, no, it uh, yeah, it was just uh, not what I heard. I heard it was from the the senior tees. No, it was from the gold tees. Okay. But I did. Uh, all right. I did hit my mom's nine wood, so you know it's yeah. When when I told people I hit a nine, and the, the, our pro said, "Boy, that's a good nine iron for you." I go, "It was a nine wood, pal." But you know, it's all right. Just yeah. uh, all right, coach. I, we're going to get you in the studio eventually. Yeah. No, and uh, you know, I just I agree with you. I, I thought it was a great crowd. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have security, you have to go to the students to get them to, to calm down. That's I love good. That. Yeah, that's good. Oh. I love that. That's uh, uh, you know, if if you go to the Purdue game or you go, which is incredible, the, the atmosphere is incredible, or Cameron or Kansas or any of those places. I mean, every once in a while they got to get get a throw a student out. That's okay. Yeah, that's why they're students. Good to talk to you, Coach, and uh, we'll we'll get up with you soon here and uh, get you and Drew in yes. the studio soon. That'd be great. All right, Patrick. All right, thank you, Coach. Hey, man. There he goes, Mike Steele with us. Uh, All right, we'll come back. uh, Breaking news uh, right after we got on the air. This was uh, sent out, the release. Bob Trott, uh, no longer the defensive coordinator at ECU. Uh, We'll revisit that in case you're just joining us and uh, wrap up the show for this Thursday in just a bit. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing it for the gram. Doing it for the gram. Like our brand new 94.3 The Game Instagram page for photos from our shows, all the events we cover, pirate game days, and all the hashtags, pics, and videos from around the pirate nation. That's 94.3 The Game in our brand new page now on Instagram. 
The uh, breaking news that uh, I think once you get over the shock and you look at some of the data on it, I mean, it sort of makes sense. And I wonder how much the recruiting stuff affected the timing of this. The timing certainly is kind of strange. Uh, but Bob Trot contract not renewed, and uh, Bob Trot will not be back as the defensive coordinator. Uh, Long time coach at football. Several years, and as a coach in the NFL, I mean, in just college, his 33rd year just completed. Uh, we're going to have a lot more on this tomorrow, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on who's going to be the next Pirate defensive coordinator. Thanks uh, to the uh, instant analysis from Big E, Eric Graham, and uh, T-Cop, Terrence Copper. Thanks to Mike Steele. Enjoyed talking with the coach. We'll get them in studio. Uh, tomorrow, Jim Zoki, among others. Things are changing quickly, and we're going to have more tomorrow. See you then.